0: Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome to episode number 145 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. And I would like to welcome in a guy I have known for the better part of a decade, but haven't... I haven't reached out to him in a while where, where you been chris archer of the minnesota twins
1: i think uh you have my old number ryan stromsburg didn't give you
0: my new number so we're, we're gonna blame him we're gonna blame him that away one of the best dudes around ryan stromsburg by the way for people that don't know buddy of both of ours father of four awesome kids amazing wife sam and he's aaron boone's best friend from their college days. so there's a good little baseball you knew that did you know that part? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He, he's told me that they, they go way, way back. Him yeah. and Gabe Kapler,
0: actually, too. Good call. Good call. He's also like, um, I really got to know him from our time as Little League coaching dads. And so he's like, he looks like the top of the wedding cake. He's like that chiseled and handsome and stuff. And he's in his 40s, but he looks great. So whenever he would be walking across a field like 100 feet away, I'd be like, Hey, what's up, hot dad? How you doing? And he'd always get embarrassed. <laughs> He, he's the hot dad. He's always super well-dressed, too. Always. Always. Not like this slob right here. But the question is, does Ryan Stromsberg have one of these? He does not. He does not. <laughs> this is the Chris Archer Stormtrooper bobblehead night. Do you still have one of these?
1: Oh, yeah. I got a whole – my garage is full of bobbleheads in my parents' house back in North Carolina. This thing is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, they uh they got one with Longo and KK. I'm a stormtrooper, but Longo, you know, he was Luke Skywalker. So yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's cool, but I'm not
0: Luke, you know. Well, nobody's Luke. I mean, nobody's. You had to go Longo for Luke. I mean, that's enough. Al- although Kiermeyer with the way he looks he probably went up to the marketing department and bitched about it. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, KK's so cool, man. He he really doesn't try to, like, flex his looks on anybody. He's he's actually really, really humble about it. I mean, he knows. Everyone he knows. knows. But he's, he's really humble about it.
0: Yeah. We'll touch, obviously, on your Tampa days and your amazing journey. Uh, we got a month to go in the baseball season. I'm always curious when you're on a contender because fans, we do it all the time. All we do is check the other team's scores, who we're competing against and stuff. Like, do you, you're in Chicago this weekend, so you don't have to check on the White Sox because they're right in front of you. But are you peeking on what Cleveland and Seattle are doing this weekend? I'm, um, I'm
1: definitely peeking at your Indians for Guardians. sure. That's, Guardians, Guardians. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm definitely peeking at what your Guardians are doing just because that's our goal. Our goal is to win the division. And, um, we know as long as we play our baseball, we're going to be able to fully control our destiny and about a week or two from now, when we do get to face off with them, like 10 times, I think it's eight times within two weeks. So we, we, uh, we're, obviously we got to focus on the task at hand. The white Sox are right in front of us. Um, we just coming off two great series against two pretty good teams. Um, but we know the White Sox are the task at hand. They're right in front of us. But yeah, we nightly, we know, we know that the Orioles did well against the guardians. We know that mm-hmm. um, we know that they went to Seattle and didn't do, do too well either. So we're keeping an eye on them for sure.
0: Okay, good. I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys are like the rest of the human population mm-hmm. and you worry about what are we drinking today? By the way, what's the, our <laughs> that's, that's just a little espresso just to,
1: to get me going a little. I had breakfast and uh, finish. I don't like coffee before breakfast because it suppresses my appetite. So I like do coffee
0: after breakfast. Okay. So you've already like you're up. We're up early taping this in baseball parlance, if you will. Like this is a 1030 wake up call. Some dudes, they're sleeping to like noon and stuff. You're an, you're a go getter, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm, I like – so I think there's two types of people in baseball. There's people who like to get up early and kind of have their routine early, or there's people who like to have a post-game routine. And that doesn't mean like hitting the clubs or anything, but some people might grab dinner or spend time with their friends and family after the game. I like to spend, I like to spend two or three hours pre-game with my people so I can get, get in bed like at a reasonable hour, maybe around midnight, between midnight and 1 a.m., eight to 10 hours of sleep, wake up between nine and 10 AM and and get my day started.
0: Are you different? Are you, Cause you're such a good dude and fun and smart and funny and all that stuff. Are you a different dude on the day you pitch or no? Mm.
1: You'd have to ask probably like Joe. But I try to be the exact same every single day. So I wake up and eat breakfast at the same time on game day. Um, Two hours before is when I really, really start to lock in. That's when the headphones get put in and I just kind of slowly ease into my routine. But like prior to that two hours, I try to be the exact same because I've, I've learned if I'm super dialed in from noon until game time, I'm my energy's gone. I'm zapped by the time it's actually time to start to pitch. I got no mental energy left. So for me, I like to keep it as normal as possible until it's close as possible to game time.
0: It's funny because so I've had the good fortune of bringing my, I've got two sons that are 21 and 16, but they've obviously been around the game their entire lives. And we've had a lot of clubhouses that have been super sweet to our family, invited us in before the game and all sorts of stuff. You can talk to position players all the time. But I remember telling him one time we were in Cleveland's clubhouse and I was like, Derek Lowe is the starting pitcher. I said, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to say hi to Derek Lowe. He's the starting pitcher. We'll just kind of let him be. We're in the clubhouse and Lowe's like, Rose, you're not going to come over and introduce <laughs> me to your family? I'm like, aren't you starting? He's like, like, dude, I'm too old to give a shit about that stuff. I love it when starting pitchers are just like that, dude. <clears throat> yeah, hey, so – I think
1: one good thing about the minor leagues is you get to kind of test out what works for you. And mm-hmm. and like D said, he's been doing it long enough. He knows what works, what's a waste of energy, what doesn't work. So look, there's there's some guys like I remember when Trevor Williams for the he plays with the Mets now when he was starting at like one in the afternoon, this man had noise canceling headphones on, listening to his rock music. And you didn't really make eye contact with him. And that was his thing. And he shoved. So everybody has their different thing. And that's one of the beauties of the minor leagues. I know the minor leagues get a lot of people are realizing how tough it is. And like publicly, they don't really like it. But there are some really beautiful things about it. You really get to learn who you are as a player, as a pitcher, what your daily routine needs to be like um, prior to getting to the big leagues and having to test that out.
0: Chris, you really kind of exploded on the scene with Tampa Bay nine years ago. Awesome slider, couple all-star teams. You get traded to Pittsburgh. By your own admission, things didn't work out great there. You wanted to do better. Didn't happen. You ended up having surgery. Did you – was there a time where you thought, shit, I'm not going to get back to this?
1: Um. Yeah, you know, that that definitely crossed my mind at one point point. Um, and more more than any time. It was towards the end of last season, whenever um, my body just wasn't bouncing back and I just I didn't have much endurance in the game. I didn't have much stamina. And uh, yeah, Kevin Cash and I had a had a long talk in his office one day. and um, For me, the conversation was more motivating than anything. I saw it more as like a healthy challenge. And this past offseason, I invested all my time, energy, and resources into putting together a healthy 2022 season because typically I have, like you said, I have good stuff. So when I'm on the mound and I feel healthy, I typically get good results. So I, I worked with this trainer this offseason, this physical therapist. Her name's Nikki Huffman. And. Every day for four or five months, we were just in there trying to find ways to get better. And the lockout happened, so everything kind of went quiet. No teams were calling. No teams were asking questions. And as soon as the lockout lifted, um, I, had, I had video. I had TrackMan data. I had photo data. Um, I had firsthand accounts from other free agents that I was facing in my live batting practices. And my body finally felt like it was at a good place. I was able to send that information out to teams and, um, and, and here we are September 1st and I've made 23 starts and I'm really, really happy about that.
0: That's great. What did cash tell you that motivated you and me? Um, so
1: cash has a way of being very blunt and honest. He, He doesn't know how to sugarcoat anything. Um, I think that's what makes him a good manager when it, whenever it comes to working with players and, uh, I, I'd rather just keep that between he and I, but it really did help motivate and fuel me. And I still think about some of the conversations we had then. Um, I, I kind of tap into that on on game days or or whenever the season gets a little monotonous and you're like, damn, like do I really want to go, you know, do I really really want to go run these poles or do I really want to do this lift today? Or, you know, I'm supposed to throw long toss, but my arm's kinda sore. So maybe I should keep it short. I tap into those things that we talked about. And it's uh, definitely been a, a motivator this this year.
0: Well, because he's so blunt, sometimes we don't like to, whether you're an athlete, a podcast host, I don't care if you've had some degree of success. Occasionally you don't like hearing what you need to hear, if that makes sense. Were there ever times where you and Cash got into it? <laughs> uh, in a healthy
1: way, yeah. Um, So that's the other good thing about Cash. He can express himself with me, be blunt with me, and I can – be very direct with him and he doesn't hold a grudge so as soon as you leave that conversation that office it's just you you keep it moving keep it pushing and um it's it's one of those things that when i was 24 there's no way i could have i wouldn't have seen these conversations as healthy but last year age 32 33 um you know i could just i understood why cash has to make some of the moves he has to make and why he, how he views things and his opinion. And I can express that and then we can just move forward. But there was, there was times back in the day where I would obviously in, in a respect as respectful way as possible, ask him why we did certain things. And he would tell me, and then that's it. It's like, it's not up for debate. It's in the past. This is how he viewed a situation. And then we just keep it
0: moving. Okay. today's episode of the Chris Rose Rotation presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek It is the number one place to buy all the tickets for the favorite sporting events or concerts. Whatever you want to go to, go download the SeatGeek app on this handy little phone today and start the process. So we've got a month left in the baseball season. College football is underway. The NFL gets started later this week. You've got hockey in the near future. NBA is not that far away. And of course, you can go to a concert anytime you want. So here's what you do. After downloading the SeatGeek app, they're going to help you find the best ticket. In fact, they rate every seat on a scale of 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting the best deal possible. It's also color-coded. So green, thumbs up, right? Like a green thumb, like when you're gardening, that's a good seat. Red thumb, malo, bad. Don't get that. You might end up sitting next to me. So don't do that. And if you do this today, you download the SeatGeek app and use the code word ROSE, you're going to get 20 bucks off your first order at SeatGeek. So I want to put you in the best seat possible, and I want to save you money on that seat. It's very simple. Once again, go download the SeatGeek app, rate all the seats for you. You're going to save 20 bucks with the code ROSE. And you're going to enjoy the games or your concert in style. Now you're in a twin situation, which I don't know if there's a lot of rotations where all five guys have been traded at some point in their career. But that's the case with you guys. Do you do, you, do you guys talk about that as a group? Like you're a little bit of the misfits, if you will. Like some point somebody didn't want you. Or you could look at it as like at some point somebody else wanted you.
1: Yeah, we we all know and understand that it's a business at the end of the day so it, we've never really looked at it as somebody didn't want us it was just the right time to move us you know they they got offered the right assets and from a financial standpoint the assets outweighed the the financial element on on both sides you know mm-hmm. so but you know we haven't spoken directly about that but that may be why we connect so well and so easily um cuz it's not our first time with a new organization. Like in spring training, it was, like, it was like magic. We all just bonded together. I got there the last week of spring. Um, it was Bundy's first spring training there. Sonny got the spring training late. Joe Ryan has made like three starts in the big leagues prior to this year. Um, so, yeah, like we uh, – I guess that's one of the reasons why we gelled so quickly is because we were, we were used to that
0: unfamiliarity. Who's the most interesting dude in the rotation? We all kind of have our quirks
1: Sonny, Sonny's an interesting guy. um he's one of those ones you you're you're careful to make eye contact with on start day <laughs> you, you're careful about it you're careful about it um but Bundy is a sleeper like he is he has such amazing dry humor. He has like you know he's been around a long time too. He came up in 2012 as well, so he has all the, all these kind of like old school sayings that kind of kind of penetrate the locker room and we all kind of say these things now that were said back in 2012. People, Joe Ryan, obviously he's a weird weird breed. Like he's a weird cat. He's from NorCal. Those guys are those guys are strange. But um, Bundy still wears those like baggy bell bottom pants. And we're just, we're always giving him hell about it. And he's like, hell, man, I've been doing this forever. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it like I'm doing it. And he's just one of those type of guys. And it's That's, like, fascinating to me. Like, guys who, like, man, I'm just going to do my thing. And I'm going I'm to pick up that that white ball and throw it over that white plate and, and hopefully get a good outcome.
0: Like, I just love dudes like that, you know? <laughs> uh does Joe Ryan do you guys give him shit for looking like Billy from Stranger Things or not because it, it, the resemblance is incredibly uncanny
1: Um nobody really does but I know that that's a thing but nobody really does cuz I I haven't watched Stranger Things since oh. season 1 Hey oh. it it kind of faded um it kind of it kind of faded on me I'll be honest I I just I couldn't do it like for me personally, just my personal opinion, 12 11 and 12 year olds like bickering over like this like supernatural thing like I could do it for 10 episodes. I gave it 10 hours of my life. I couldn't keep doing it, but I know it's a great show and everybody loves it. It's just not for me.
0: Okay. So what are we into right now? You got to be I know you're a big reader, but you got to be streaming something.
1: Yeah. We're we're always streaming something. I went with a classic. um, You might like this just for like twenty minutes, just to kind of kill time at the end of the day. Um, Arliss on HBO, great one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just and he uh, he has a lot of baseball players in it from back in the day. Like, well,
0: yeah. Robert Wool was in obviously one of the most famous baseball movies ever. He was the pitching coach in Bull Durham.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so, so I, I love I love just kind of old stuff like that. Um I recently just started watching True Blood again. Mm. Okay. Season one of True Blood. But there's a couple of newer shows that I that I watch as well.
0: Okay. Um you wanna have some fun? I don't know. Hopefully you'll be able to see this. Uh wanna take you back to your first big league start. Mm-hmm. Look at mm-hmm. Little Chrissy Archer out there. You got like It's like the jerseys. I think they gave you like a double XL accidentally. Hey, I'm telling you, this is what Bundy was saying. Back then, we wore
1: our uniform like super big. But yeah, that was was maybe even a little too oversized.
0: Yeah. So you you made it in Washington. Had a solid start. Uh, I think you gave him five, gave up three runs. Looked in command, but man, the baby face is hilarious. Not like, hold on. like a Rose, moment.
1: Rose, Rose. Hold up, Rose.
0: I went six. Six. And I gave up one urn. I know.
1: Three total, one urn. So I just want to clarify. <laughs> I hey I remember that day. Like I remember that day. It was a special day. Um what do you remember most about it? <clears throat> I remember getting there. And you know they talk about the difference in AAA and the big leagues is that third deck. So like, there's that. So I get to Washington. The stadium is it's beautiful, and kind kind of new at that point because it was 2012. I remember getting there and like just really like looking up and being like, "Damn, like that's what the third. That's what they talking about with the the third deck." Um, but then uh just all my friends and family being there and seeing them in the stands, seeing how happy they were. Um, Jose Molina was my catcher, which was amazing to throw to a Molina brother. Um, After the first inning, we had, we had a little, we had a little chat because he could tell I was nervous as shit. Um, And uh, David Price was always my biggest cheerleader. I remember that. And then, <clears throat> I, I had to play National League it was a National League, it was an Interleague game so I had to hit and I was facing Steven Strasburg in 2012 like 2012 Steven Strasburg like yes 2019 2018 Steven Strasburg was nasty, 2012 Steven Strasburg was something we had never seen before like we had never <laughs> seen 90 mile per hour change ups before, we had never seen a starter running it up to 100, like I mean maybe we have but it's way more common now in 2022 than it was in the early 2010s, you know? So, um, yeah, I, those, are, those are the things that I remember the most. And I I twice, like I closed my eyes and swung, and somehow I made contact. But that's, those are the things I remember.
0: <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, kid. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Can I tell you my Jose Molina story? Yeah, I'm here. All right, so 2013, Cleveland is facing Tampa in the one-game playoff, right? Yep. You guys are in Cleveland. All year long on intentional talk, my little skit was, do you think I am faster than one of the Molinas? At least one of the Molinas. And Millar's like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe you can get Jose? I was like, yeah, I think so so apparently you know everybody watched intentional talk back in the day in the clubhouse so he probably caught wind of that i am hanging out on the field during batting practice before the play-in game and he comes up i had never met him i stick my hand out to shake his hand and he goes so you fucking think you're faster than me straight faces straight faces me he's like i will fucking kick your ass and i was like he walks away, and I am nervous the entire day, shaking, shaking. I can't even enjoy watching the game, nothing, because I'm like, this guy is going to kill me. He is going to k- literally kill me. So after the game, the next day, I see Giambi. We're leaving from the airport. You guys won 4 nothing, And I see Giambi, and I said, Jason, didn't you play with Jose Molina? He's like, yeah, awesome dude. I said, like, is he funny or what? He's like, yeah, he's hilarious, jokester. And I'm still thinking to myself, like, fucking he wanted to kill me. Price writes me a DM. He's like, Hosey got you. He was fucking with you, and he was hoping you were going to come in the clubhouse afterwards so he could yell, got him at you. Oh shit. <laughs> I was so nervous the whole time. I th- I seriously thought I thought a Melina wanted to kill me.
1: <laughs> that's great bro that's that's so great yeah, yeah. hosie was awesome
0: hey you know 2013
1: did y'all have not have anyone else to start other than danny salazar danny salazar was great but putting a rookie in the first game of the wild card i was a little confused about that so
0: justin masterson was the ace that year but he got hurt late and i don't think he had enough innings like Kluber wasn't Kluber at that point. Um, you know, they made it. Oh, Ubaldo had to start on Sunday to close the season. Ubaldo so the had jobs. an amazing, like, second half of the year. It was, like, one of the best pitchers in baseball. But they burned him up in Minnesota, I think, to close out the season or something. So they wouldn't have to play that play-in game. You guys had to play in Texas the day before and price through a shutty, right?
1: Yeah. He he threw a complete game. I think he gave up one, but he threw a
0: complete game. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so it was it was a wild ride for all of us to get
0: there. Yeah. That that sucked for me. Don't worry about it. All right, let's talk a little bit about your family. Um, you grew up in North Carolina, uh, biracial family, adopted legally by your maternal grandmother and her husband. And then about a decade ago, you decided you wanted to meet your biological father right yes and that went okay
1: yeah hey you know it was it was one of those situations and it's crazy to think that it was 10 years ago um cuz i that's another encounter that i remember like it was yesterday um it was crazy cuz <clears throat> it was more like i didn't i wouldn't say that i wanted to meet him but I found out that like our proximity, we were really close in proximity and he, so, you know how life works. Like he had a friend that was a mutual friend of my mentor <clears throat> and my mentor just came to me one time. and was like, Hey, like you might want to ask your, your biological mother, if this person is your dad, cause at, the, at your biological father, cause at the time I didn't know I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he was. I never really talked about him at all. So my mentor was like, hey, if you're curious, ask your biological mother if this is who your biological father is. And if and at that point, if you want to meet him, we could probably make that happen. So I went through all that and it was true. And we we met up and um you asked how it went. I think it went well just If you if you just think about your own life and for 23 years up to that point, 23 years, you you didn't know what your biological father looked like, like just from a physical standpoint, you don't need to know his personal traits. None of that. But just like from a from a physical attribute standpoint, you've never looked them in the eyes or see the shape of their face or how tall they are or whatever. Um, That was the most intriguing thing to me, because I was like, you know, I was raised by my grandparents on my mom's side, who's white. So I had never met anybody in my family who was black. So for me, it was like, all right, I, I can get straight to the, the source. And um, it was we went to Outback Steakhouse in my, like close to my hometown. And it was it was a good conversation. And basically how we ended it was, look, like I don't need a father because I have a great one. I don't need a mentor because I have an amazing one of those. I don't need a best friend. I don't even need like a a fan that I stay in touch with every now and then. I don't need any of that because I have all the love and support. If there's anything I ever feel like I need from you, I'll reach out. And that was the end. That was the last time we we spoke intentionally. We had another encounter randomly uh, like a year or two later. But I never reached out because I got exactly what I needed to from him in that moment just by hearing his story and seeing him, what he physically looked like.
0: Are you glad you did it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because at, at the time, it was one of those situations I didn't know how much I needed it until I actually did it. Because, I, you know, prior to maybe two or three weeks prior to that moment, I never even really thought about meeting my biological father. I never even thought it was a possibility. I didn't, I didn't realize he lived like 20 minutes away my entire life. So, um, so I was super, super nervous, but, um, after the fact, I was like, you know, I'm glad I did that because I answered a lot of questions in my own head. And I think it's just normal questions that any kid would have if they had never seen their biological father in person, not even a picture or nothing.
0: What was the number one question you needed answered? I'd see.
1: I didn't really need a question answered. Hmm. Um, It was more like, what do you look like? Like, do you look athletic? How tall are you? Like, how dark is your skin? Like, what shape are your eyes? Like, what does your nose look like? Do you have a sharp, you know, just those, those types of things, um, more from a physical standpoint, because okay. any any male or paternal or fatherly attribute, like from a personal standpoint, I already had answered from other great men in my life, particularly my my dad who raised me. So I didn't really need anything answered. I didn't know need to know how to be you know like a man or like challenges that that I might face like in the in the work environment like you know like I didn't I didn't need to know like any of that because I already had tons of people to answer those questions for me
0: by the way what's does he look do you look like him
1: not really not 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 really nah, I did not I didn't think so but it, yeah. regardless it was still cool to just see
0: yeah I'm curious about um, baseball. It's very conservative, man. It's just you walk into a clubhouse and that's just the nature of it. Um, At least that's the way I find it. I haven't lived in a clubhouse, but I've been in in enough of them. Is it challenging or how challenging is it being a biracial guy in baseball?
1: It's Honestly, it's not like it was in 2006 whenever I first got drafted by Cleveland. Mm -hmm. um and you know over the years the game has become very very diverse and I think although there's still a lot of conservative minds they're they're more open-minded than they were 10 or 15 years ago they they really are um and I think a lot of that might have to do with the Latin influence because I mean our team we have like three or four guys who are going to play for team puerto rico in the world baseball classic just on our team alone um we have guys who are from the dominican we have um we have everything venezuelan guys we have four or five black dudes on the team now so it's the numbers like might not look overwhelmingly great but it's, it's a, it is it's a lot more cultured and a lot more welcoming and understanding of, you know, other, other races than it was 10 to 15 years ago, without a doubt.
0: Was it, un, like, I always ask guys when they start out in pro ball, just minor leagues, almost 80 or 90% of them say at some point they wanted to quit. And they were like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I can only imagine feeling uncomfortable in two thousand and six made it that much more challenging, was it?
1: It's hard to say if it was more challenging because that's just that's what I knew. Mm-hmm. and fortunately i I made some really good friends then, um, and you know, growing up, I always saw like being biracial as more of an advantage than a disadvantage because I always felt like I could connect with anyone and not, not just from a black or white sense, but I remember the, the Indian, the guardians used to have a program called a cultural development trip where they sent like three or four of their prospects down to the DR to like play in Dominican instructional league. And we would like go to their facility down there and take, Cold showers, because there wasn't any hot water at the facility, and we'd eat like their native foods and look like in two thousand and six, like I wasn't very cultured from that standpoint, so like going down there, it opened my eyes, but it was easy for me to do that because like I always felt like I could just kind of blend in with everyone, even though i I looked a little different. I always felt like I could blend in with anyone, so going down there these are the things that I'm talking about that organizations are way more cultured than they used to be. Cause that's a typical program. Um, it doesn't get talked about a lot and they haven't done it the last like two or three years because of COVID and all the mm-hmm. travel restrictions and stuff. But almost every organization has a program like that, where they go down to Dominican, have some of the prospects go down there just to get an understanding. So when they come back, they can say, Hey, like, yes, like they listen to different music and they enjoy different things, but, um, they're no different than us. They have one dream. They want to get to the big leagues and win baseball games.
0: Yeah, I I love that idea. I, had, I didn't even know about the program and I've spent an awful long time around the sport. I love it. It's also why I love the World Baseball Classic. Like, I love guys jumping over the railing. I love guys just swagging to the nth degree. I am a huge fan of it. And some people are like, well, it's great during the World Baseball Classic, but I don't want to see it during the season. I want to see it during the season. I want you to be you. Like when you came up, you were fiery, dude. You would walk off the mound and pump your fist and all that sort of – I can – did anybody ever tell you like it's okay to be excited like if that's game three of the playoffs? <laughs> Chill? Uh,
1: There's – no. So the reason I was like that is because I was encouraged to be me as much as possible. James Shields, David Price, J.P. Howell, uh, Joe Peralta, they they knew my energy on the field. And they're like, do not suppress that. And I know like Tyler Glass now has talked about that a lot with with himself. Like do. And and I heard I think I heard Mike Clevenger talk about it at one point, too. Like if you suppress who you are, like as a human, as a person, you're not going to get the most out of yourself as a performer. So they were telling me this back in 2012 and 13. And um, yeah, like if, if I don't act like that, like if I don't be myself, Byron Buxton gets pissed. He's like, bro, you, you ain't showing no emotion. Are you okay? Is everything all right? So yeah. So um, (laughs) now if I don't express myself, people are like, yo, (laughs) like what are you doing out there? Um, So I, I, Obviously, there are people who still have their opinions, but it's a different game, and it's a it's very exciting when guys, um, respectfully express themselves. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing me because it's got me this far, and and I hope, I hope nobody suppresses themselves just to conform in the future.
0: I don't want it. I love seeing it. Uh, by the way, if it's not you, don't be. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. If it is you, do it.
1: Like Corey Kluber. If Corey Kluber was out there, you know, doing <laughs> somersaults and backpedaling, and, like, we would, we, would, we would be questioning, like, well, what's going on with this cat? Um, but, yeah, so I'm the complete opposite of, of Klub, Klubot. Is he funny or not? You know, I haven't met him, or I haven't had enough time around him to know, but I heard he's a prankster. I heard, like, he's a jokester, nonstop. But when he gets in between them lines, it's like,
0: Mm, that's when he's a clue, Um, You know, you used to compete a lot against Carlos Correa. And I'm curious, when you guys joined forces in Minnesota, did you have to have a conversation with him? Like, really, dude? That's what (sighs) happened in Houston? I was trying to get you out. And that – I was curious, seriously. Because some guys have had – has said – if I ever became teammates with one of those guys, I'd have to have a personal conversation. Did you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had a combo. And we we have conversations about it because things come up all the time with sign stealing. And, you know, I mean, the whole reason we wear the pitch comm is because of that whole situation. And uh, it... <laughs> I don't want to overshare, but I will, anyways. It was one of those situations where, like, we were in the shower in the showers one day, completely vulnerable, and we were able to just express, like, "Hey, like, can you tell me, like, what was going on? Like, why? What made you think y'all had to do that? Like, obviously, it was frowned upon, and and he and and then he told me like his version of the story. So it was one of those situations where, like, the shower was probably the best place because we we're both like naked. Like, we're both coming at this, like, completely vulnerable, and after we had that talk, it's like, all right, it's go time. Like, we have, we have goals now. That's in the past. You know, there were, there were repercussions. There were ramifications, and not even, like, there wasn't suspension, but the way that he gets treated on the road, um, you know, like, outside the hotel, or if we're leaving a stadium, people are saying stuff. In, like, Dodger Stadium, it was, whoo, it was loud. It was loud, loud boos. So they didn't, they didn't get suspended or anything, but they're living it, like, daily. Anytime they go to a, a stadium that has good baseball fans, they're hearing about it. And, um, yeah, so we, we talked about it. We put it behind us. Um, and we're just moving forward as a team now.
0: It's interesting that you had to have that conversation. I, I, by the way, I'm all for the booing and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think that that's – I don't like the shit where they – I think it was in – I don't want to say what stadium it was because I forgot they threw a trash can on the field. I'm not about throwing stuff at That's people. too much, yeah. Yeah, I'm not at uh, – I don't know if you ever saw the video with Alex Bregman. I think it was at Fenway where a kid was like, hey, Alex Bregman, can you come over here? And then he said, oh, I would never want your autograph or whatever. Like, I don't think we need to do that. To me, that's like sophomoric but you want to boo? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for it. Um, you've made a couple all-star teams. What do you remember most about the game? You didn't pitch in 2017. I believe you pitched 2015 in Cincinnati. What was the best part of that experience?
1: So it's like the same as my debut, you know, how they line us all up on the, on the line, yeah. And they're going down. I'm I'm standing next to Felix Hernandez. I'm standing next to David Price. I'm I'm standing next to guys, guys. And they 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 pan the screen over to me and I know exactly what my family is and I just see the excitement on their face in the stands. And so like for me making my family proud, my family and friends proud is like one of my biggest motivators. So that's what I always think about is like My mom's face, my dad's face, my mentor's face, my best friend's face, everybody who was there for me growing up along the way. They're there in the stands. I get announced as an all star. That was one of my goals since I was like nine years old. Um, So seeing how happy they were. And then the other thing I remember is seeing Jacob DeGrom strike out three guys. I thought I did decent in the game. He comes in the next half inning and Strikes out three. I'm like, this the Grom dude is legit. You know, because that was before. That was before we all knew like who and what Jacob Degrom was capable of, and it's it's crazy to think he's gotten better and better and better. Ever since he turned thirty, he's gotten better every single year from an output standpoint and the numbers. Um But yeah, that's that's the other thing I remember is seeing him strike out the side and being like, that was some real shit right there.
0: It was because that was really the time when he popped on the national scene. Mm-hmm. You know, let's remember like Matt Harvey was the dude in that rotation. And DeGrom was like, Yeah, he's good. But that day, I think he struck out three guys on 10 pitches and all of them were like a bazillion miles an hour. But yeah. it's interesting because this past week, Mookie Betts said he might be the best pitcher ever. And we can get into the whole longevity thing and missing too much time, whatever. But in terms of guys you have seen throw a baseball, talent-wise, is he the best one you've seen? It's, it's tough
1: because I have a little bit of recency bias because we have uh, Duran on our team, the guy who throws 103 with the 100-mile-per-hour yeah. split. Um, obviously, one's a reliever and one's a starter. But, look, I, I'll say this. The, the, the stuff that's coming out of guys' hands now – it's just incredible, and when you see somebody throwing a ninety-five mile per hour slider like and and dotting one hundred miles an hour, it's one thing to be able to throw a hundred, but it's another to be able to dot a hundred and then throw a nasty slider off of that. I mean, it, I the Grams up there like Mookie Betts has physically seen a lot more pitches. Pitchers than I have um, standing in the box. So I'm going to trust him on it. But just in general, what's coming out of like Class A, the closer for the Guardians? Like this guy's throwing like 96 mile per hour cutters and 100 mile per hour fastballs. And it's just unbelievable to see what's coming out of guys' hands
0: now. With that being said, and I think I gave this to my last guest, Josh Rojas of the Diamondbacks, you could have judges' power or Otani's skill set?
1: you got to take the skill set. You know, I mean, because that's not to diminish Aaron Judge's power or his ability. What he's doing this year is unbelievable. 51 homers through the first five months of the season, unbelievable. Um, But Otani can run fast as hell. He can throw 100. He's got his own power. Also, he can hit for average as well. It's just Otani something like we're probably never going to see something like that to that level ever again in, the, in our life.
0: Never. Are you, I think that in 40 years, all you guys that are playing right now will be telling your grandkids, like, I played with that dude.
1: Yeah. I struck that guy out. They'll be like, No, you didn't. I'll be like, Yes, yes, kid, I did. Believe it. You fa- have you faced him in the box?
0: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I faced Otani a couple of times. Definitely one of those guys you have to try to make sure nobody else is on base when he's at the plate because he's got some serious some serious thump.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I always tell people that TV doesn't do it justice um, in terms of a how big he is and b the speed factor. He is so damn fast out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. He's. He's like, his body is like perfect as far as like seeing it in uniform and how it moves and how he just the fact that he throws righty and hits lefty. He can constantly like be balanced as far as that goes. 6'4, 220, 230, lean but not too lean, fast as hell. He's like, he's like how you would draw up a player. Um, that not like, not like a 6'8 mammoth beast like judge like a more reasonable you know it's like okay that's what a baseball player is supposed to look like judge he's just he's a different animal out there when it comes to physicality
0: um i hope you play another five ten years i don't care how however long you want to play i want you to play um what do you want to do afterward
1: you know a lot a lot of people ask me that um I do want to be involved in baseball to some capacity. I don't know if I want to be a coach and, and continue all that travel and that that kind of fast lifestyle. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's guys in the Twins organization and the Rays organization and Pirates organization that I, I've been able to, like, help through, like, just little things that I've learned. Like, there's a guy in AAA. He's our number one pitching prospect, and he wanted to, you know, make his slider better. We had a couple phone conversations, a couple text message exchanges. He was sending me video of his new slider and he's like, dude, I just got promoted because they said they wanted to see my slider sharpen up for two outings. I worked on some of the things. It's it's all it's all on him. He did the work, but he's like, I worked on some of the things you told me to work on, a couple drills, different mentality when I'm throwing the pitch and now I'm moving up and like that made me equally as happy as like winning a game in the big leagues so helping the youth to some capacity with baseball i'm going to have to do that because it's it's so fulfilling to me
0: that's all i love that i love hearing that that's a great story i think you could be the architect of a team
1: like a like a gm <laughs> that See, there's a lot of responsibility there, but putting a team together would be really fun. i I wouldn't mind being a part of a team, maybe not the mastermind. like but I wouldn't mind being a part of a, a crew and and like someone really valuing my advice, because I feel like i've I've learned a lot in the game i've I've had some amazing moments and I've had some not so amazing moments and everywhere in between. So I think I, I would add value to an organization.
0: Heck yeah, you would. <laughs> because, you know, everybody criticizes the game because it's become too Ivy League and too uh, statistically driven. And I think in some cases it has been. I think it would be such a help. if If I ran an organization, I would make sure that I had a former major league player helping construct my roster. Because you need to understand the guys who provide the heartbeat of a team, that you know we we still haven't provided a numerical value on a on chemistry can't we can crunch right. everything else into a computer you can't can't measure that can't measure when a guy's an asshole can't measure when a guy's coolest dude and can bring worlds together that's important
1: yeah and that's like so i don't want to take up too much of your time but that's one hear. thing that i've i've seen with korea um He does a really good job of bringing the Latin culture and the American culture together, but also the pitching group and the position player Mm. group together. And you're right. It really can't be quantified. Um, So Correa is kind of an obvious one, but there are players like that um, all throughout the game. And it's like you said, it's really, really hard to quantify, but it's a huge difference maker.
0: It's funny because you do bring up, Correa, and we'll we'll wrap up here quickly, but I love the conversation so much. I could talk to you all day. Um, Was there ever a guy that you looked at on the other side of the field and were like, douche? And then you were teammates with him. You're like, guy is freaking awesome because I hear those stories all the time. Yeah. um, Like, I didn't know
1: what Correa was going to be like but he is he's i like him because he's authentic cuz you can see some of the stuff that he says and does and be like is this dude real or is he just trying to like play a play a game you know like is he just trying to act like he's a good guy and all this stuff act like he's a good teammate but he really is authentic and he really does care and he really is passionate so i wouldn't necessarily say like I viewed him as a as a douche or anything, but i definitely I definitely viewed him as like, is he authentic? and then when whenever he became our teammate, and after a few conversations like we had um in the showers, um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, this dude's authentic. He's real. He's somebody I want behind me all the time. I'm taking his advice. I'm asking him what he sees, and I know it's gonna be real feedback. It's not just gonna be something off the cuff. It's gonna be something well thought out i don't think i'd
0: do great in the shower conversation (laughs) i don't know it's 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 a great place to be vulnerable i can say that it is but it's gotten so bad now and i'm so old that my wife makes me take showers in my bathing suit so stop stop (laughs) i don't believe that yeah actually it's it's bad (laughs) More of the show still to go, but a quick reminder, you can catch myself and Trevor Plouffe, the former Minnesota twin on baseball today, live on the amp app. Every Monday through Friday, 1130 AM Eastern, you get to ask us questions, talk to us. So download the amp app on your iPhone. Use the code word baseball today to tune in. We'll see you then. All right. We're going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things, which has a handful of questions here. We'll pick one and we'll get you answered and we'll get you back to your, uh, half, half, decaf, mocha latte with a twist. Okay. (laughs) giving mood this could be good for you what was the last nice gift you gave to somebody Mm. birthday Uh, holiday
1: so i have like a different outlook on like gifts and stuff i I try not to wait um i definitely acknowledge birthdays and holidays and stuff i try i try not to wait because you may never get there like Mm. Christmas isn't guaranteed. My my birthdays isn't my birthdays in 24 days. That's not guaranteed. Um, but the last gift I'd have to say, I gave my girlfriend a nice bracelet yesterday, just just cause. Um, yeah, I had uh, my man Gary at Tivoli in Kansas City make a little custom bracelet, and um, she's she's going to grad school soon over in Cambridge. And I just, you know, was thinking, hey, it's special. You got in. You're going over there soon. Let me just let me do something for you kind of randomly just to show how how much I appreciate how hard you've worked to get where you're at.
0: What's she studying?
1: Um, it's it's like their version of a political science master's degree. It's a nine month program. And she wants to get into like international women's policy. Um, she's smart. She is also talking about being a lawyer too. So I'm like, Hey, babe, do you, do that's you great. go wish. for it?
0: Wish her luck. She's going to enjoy it. That's a great place to go to school. <laughs> it you know, is been around a little while too. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of those little up and coming universities overseas. Right. But wish her luck. That's a very, very nice uh, gift as well. Um, that's great. And before we get out of here, I just want you to know you share a birthday with my youngest son. So you'll always be near and dear to my heart for no other reason than that. Awesome. Awesome. Well thank yeah. thank you for having me, man. Thank Dude, you. Dude, it's great catching up. I love it. we we'll, next uh, time I'm in Encino, I'll I'll come through. I'll come by the house. Absolutely. Please do. Please do. I wish you um a degree of luck the rest of the season. It's very hard for me because I always like guys around the league, but you understand what i hope Hey, listen, that. I
1: always tell people, wish me health, don't wish me luck. So you don't have to wish me luck. Just wish
0: me health, and, and we're good. I wish you health, my friend. Thank you, for catching up with you. Tell all the guys in the clubhouse there I say hello. And we'll best of luck to your, uh, to your girlfriend overseas. I think that's really cool that she'll be creating policy in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Special uh, shout-out to our producer extraordinaire, the mustached Rob Scirocco. For Chris Archer of the Minnesota Twins, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code warehouse. That's promo code warehouse only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.